Hey there, friend. Listen, I want to invite you to join me for an upcoming presentation I'm offering called How to Shift from Willpower to Want Power. If you're tired of feeling like you have the best of intentions with food and weight, only to have it all fall by the wayside by the time your head hits the pillow at night, then this is for you. If you're interested in making permanent weight loss easier and less of a struggle, then this is for you. If you're curious what want power is, which you probably should be, and can't wait to learn how to incorporate it into your journey toward peace and freedom around food, then this is for you. I'll be presenting live twice on Wednesday, May 1st, 2024, at both noon and 7.30 p.m. Central Time Zone. I'll answer your questions live and we'll have a really good time together. But if you can't make either of those days, I'm not going to make you get a replay emailed into your inbox only for it to get lost and never be watched no matter how deeply you want to make time to go through it. Because I mean, honestly, who are we kidding? (laughs) We've all done this, including me. No, instead, we are offering multiple watch parties for several days after the live presentation. So come watch the replay with other doctors and interact in the chat with them and my team. So either way, whether you come live or to a watch party, it will be worth your time for sure. All you have to do is register at katrinaubellmd.com forward slash want power. That's katrinaubellmd.com forward slash W-A-N-T-P-O-W-E-R. See you there. You are listening to the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast with Katrina Ubell, MD, episode number 153. Welcome to Weight Loss for Busy Physicians, the podcast where busy doctors like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the weight so you can feel better and have the life you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating and exhaustion and move into freedom around food, you're in the right place. Well, hey there, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear the final weight loss success story in this series. I am interviewing, (laughs) I'm laughing because I'm getting all in my head, Andrea Moore. (laughs) It's one of those names, right? You get confused. You can't remember what is the right way to say it. Andrea Moore is an OBGYN. She is just a star client of mine. She has been so all in and she's got such a great story because she's an OBGYN and she's also fellowship trained in obesity medicine. And she still wasn't able to solve her weight loss problems even with that. So I want you to be sure to listen all the way through. She's going to give you such great information about what made the difference for her, how she struggled with her weight for so many years, and how she finally has come up with a solution that works for her. And also what she's doing even moving forward now that she has all of these great tools and what she's still working on. And she's just a delight. She's hilarious. She's from Kentucky. So she's got an adorable little twang. And you know me, I love an accent. And I know you're going to love this interview with, we call her Dre, because like Dr. Dre, right? So her nickname's Dre. I know her as Dre. So I can't wait for you to listen to Dre more. Hey, Dre, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I just saw you two days ago at our master's live event, which was was great. Oh, fun, right? It was. It was awesome. That's so good. What are you going to tell everybody who's missing out on this? 
you're missing out for realsies. For realsies. Yeah. So it's, it's just so much fun to get together with a group of women physicians who are been in the same boat and we hear each other being coached. So we feel like we know each other well, and then you get to see, put a face to a name. And then you actually really get to know them well right. in real life. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, a group They're of us went out, out to dinner on Thank Saturday you. night and it was a lot of Oh, I bet. I bet you had the best time. I wish I could have been a fly on the wall. I'm sure it was so fun. <laughs> All right. So we're getting ahead of ourselves though. So let's just start with you telling us a little bit about yourself, like what kind of doctor you are, where you live, a little bit about yourself. Okay. So I live in Owensboro, Kentucky, which is Western Kentucky. I'm married. I have two kids, 12 and recently 14 and a dog. And I am an OBGYN in private practice, full-time, but I also have a side gig as an obesity medicine physician. So I do that on my day off. Love that. Perfect. Okay. So let's, we're going to get to that. Okay. Because right, like why would an obesity medicine specialist be in a weight loss group? But we're going to get to that in a moment. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with your struggle with your weight. Like, tell me when did that start? Tell us a little bit about that. So looking back, I think that I started using food really to manipulate my moods pretty early. I went to boarding school at 14 and M&Ms really helped the loneliness, but I would have never said I was an emotional eater because I'm not a very emotional person. And my weight stayed pretty stable, even though I would eat the foods that later would make me gain weight. Then I got pregnant and I had two babies in 18 months. And when I came home with my last baby, I was 50 pounds heavier than when I started. So I dropped about 10 pounds and then fought for another five or 10 pounds and then lost and gained that same five to 15 pounds over the next decade. So I tried every diet out there. I counted points. I counted calories. I did macronutrients. I exercised. I trained for triathlons. I did everything that I was telling my patients to do. And one of the things about where I live is that we're sort of known as the fast food capital of the world. We have more fast food per capita than any other pace, supposedly. So a lot of my patients come in with problems with weight and I would tell them, okay, calories in versus calories out, except I knew that it wasn't working for me. And I just, for really for 10 years, I beat myself up. So just lose that weight. And then I'd feel like I fell off the wagon. I felt like food was really in control and I was never in control with what I was eating. It's just vicious cycle. And here's the thing is like five to 15 pounds may not sound like a lot, but you are not a super tall person. Oh, I'm a whopping five, two, if I lie. So So like five to 15 pounds on someone of your frame is much more than someone who's like five, 10. Oh, absolutely. So it would take me from like a size two to double digits easy. Yeah. Right. Right. I just want to make that clear because like for someone like I'm five, nine, that's not what happens for me. It's, it's, a, it's a different kind of experience. So, so anyway, yeah. So just for someone who's like five pounds, whatever, like, no, that's like, 
a big, big difference for you, for sure. How did the medical training influence your eating? Did that, was that a problem? I mean, especially the OBGYN, like up late nights on labor and delivery, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Like definitely when, if I had a delivery in the middle of the night, you can guarantee I was going to eat something. Now, sometimes it was a banana, but there were times that I'd pull into the hucks and get a big Kit Kat or something because I deserved it. I was up, I was tired. Post-call was typically rough. I always eat when I'm hungry and being in private practice, I'm post-call a lot. (laughs) Right. You mean you eat when you're tired? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Until even, even a couple hours of difference will, I'll be hungry and. and Yeah. And then you just have that added hunger because you're tired is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Right. So and get home from a stressful day, I'd eat while I was waiting to make dinner and it was just an eating fest. So. Totally. (laughs) Totally. So then when did you do the obesity medicine fellowship? Was that in this process of you trying to figure your own self out? You were like, maybe if I become fellowship trained in obesity medicine, like then I can solve this problem for myself. Right. That's exactly what happened. I had a pamphlet on my desk one day about a conference for obesity medicine. And I thought, oh, that's it. I'm just going to go learn another specialty. I'll fix myself. I can help my patients. And so I did that for about a year and a half. And then in 2016, I took my board test and I gained 15 pounds studying for my obesity boards. On top of the- Do you not love that? The irony there? (laughs) Totally. And in 2018, I opened my obesity clinic that was separate from my OBGYN practice. and. That started, I opened it in January. So I went through the holidays. So by January, I was almost back up to my delivery weight. I was getting, I was getting very close. And then I was panicked. Just how, how can I be an expert? I know all this information. I can tell you all about the hormones and the neurotransmitters, but I still couldn't control my own eating. And I thought if I can't do it, how in the world can my patients do it? Right. So you were panicked. How else did you feel? Like what other emotions were you experiencing when that was going on? Oh, just self-loathing and just love to, to just get in the ring and beat myself up over, you know, just look at you. You can't do what your patients say. All you need to do is to eat less and move more. And you can't even do that. Now, by that point, I also knew that the calorie framework was not right. I knew what to eat. I just couldn't figure out how to do it, how to, how to, to keep the food from being in control of me. Well, and I think you're just like the, such a good example of how so many physicians feel like, but I should know how to fix this on my own. I shouldn't need help for this. Like I'm an expert in the body. Like now you're like, I'm an expert in women's health and I'm an expert in obesity and solving it. Like I really shouldn't need any other help. Like I really should be able to figure this out myself. And I'm not, right? Like I think there's there for so many people, there's a lot of shame in that. There's a lot of humiliation. There's a lot of embarrassment. And like, I can't reach out for help because I should totally have this solved already, which of course keeps us in the quagmire, right? Like not actually solving it. So at what point did it occur to you that maybe there was this, like a missing piece that could be the solution? So when you study obesity medicine, you kind of learn about this four puzzle piece 
paradigm of nutrition, metabolism, exercise, and psychology. And quite frankly, the psychology part is the part that I really, I feel is not the strongest suit of, of the specialty. And so I knew that was missing. And then one day on the internet, I saw this woman in this beautiful blue dress. Can't exactly remember what she said, but in her post, she said she had worked with you and that she had learned how to use her mind to lose her weight. And she didn't have a whole bunch of weight to lose. And she kind of was my body type. And I thought, well, okay, let me give this a whirl. So I listened to one of your webinars and I was like, okay, she's got the science down. I'm in with this. And yeah, I want freedom from food. I mean, I was just like, this is, this is it. This is the enough already, right? (laughs) I'm ready, ready to do it. So then we got to the end and I was like, oh, I don't know about this. So I thought about it for about 12 hours. And then I quickly calculated what I'd spent through my, over my lifetime. So it was your, it was the cost that you had a little sticker shock is what you're saying. Okay. Because I was like, well, okay. I don't fit the usual type. It's not like you had a hundred pounds to lose where you're like, sure, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, I spent 10 years. I mean, I've got the, my fitness pal to prove it. Couldn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not that I want to get back to my pre-pregnancy weight. But I wanted to get back to a weight that I felt really comfortable in exercising and and just where I wanted to be. So yeah. I listened. I knew I wanted to do it. But you know how the brain is really tricky? And at first it threw up a bunch of reasons why I shouldn't. And then I had the light bulb idea that, you know what? This woman has got it figured out. She's lost the weight. She knows how to to do the mind management part, which is the part I need in my practice. And she's figured out a pretty daggum good system. So my entrepreneur brain was like, if for nothing else, I'm going to see how she does this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to be a fly on the wall and figure it out. I'm just going to watch. (laughs) And then I started listening to your podcast. And podcast four was the first one that hit me in the gut. Girl Scout cookie, that's me. Full sleeve, 14 boxes kept going. Yeah. And then there, you know, along the way, but all the podcasts are, are tremendous, but you know, every once in a while, there'd be one of those that would just be like, she is, that's me. She's talking to me. So yeah. And then I've been all in since. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so you- <laughs> Go, oh, okay. So then you joined the group and I what did. was your experience of that? So weight loss reductors only first round. So you started that. When was that? Remind me. It was April, 2018. Okay. So you did that. And then how did it go? You're like, I already know all this stuff. Or you're like, what's up? Oh, no, no, I went all in and you recommend reading the OBC code. I'd read it the year before, but I reread it. I got my travel scale. I did everything that you told me to do. I filled out most of the worksheets. You know, there are a couple that I've missed that I'm going back now. (laughs) (laughs) And I really, you know, the weight was coming off and I could see intellectually that what you were talking about was true, but I still was holding on to some resistance about the thought work. I was doing it, was doing the thought downloads, but I didn't want to address the big thing, which was my urge to overeat. And I just wanted to keep holding on to it. 
mostly because I didn't want to look at my brain because I really knew there were some stuff was going to come out that I didn't want to deal with, or that's what I thought. Yeah. So, as the story you're telling yourself about what would happen if you looked in there. Right. Right. Yeah. I do remember the first time that I was a believer in the model and what you teach. And I'd had a fight with my husband and you coached me, live coached me. And like, it was the most incredible thing. I had so much resentment towards my husband for, for, you know, child raising and working and all that silly stuff. And you really showed me how to look at it. And like, 15, 14 years of resentment just melted away. And we actually have not had a fight since then. It's amazing. Yeah. Right. This is like some powerful stuff. It is. It is. Don't believe me when they're like, well, whatever they coach on their stuff. They just talk about weight loss the whole time. I'm like, we really don't. No, it's the weight, the weight part. You quickly learn that the weight is definitely a great side effect of it, but you also understand that you really got to get to the bottom of what's right. driving you to overeat. And you were just the, the perfect example of that. You tried all of the things, mm-hmm. including becoming obesity medicine fellowship trained. <laughs> like if it really were that, you would not have a problem. No. Right? So it's like, of course, there's something else. And, and you're just the, the prime example of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and there's nothing wrong with my willpower. All along the time that I was studying for my board exam, I stopped drinking alcohol. I was a huge lover of wine and alcohol and I didn't have any problem, mm-hmm. but yet I couldn't control my eating until. Yeah. Well, so, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So then you did that and then remind me, so that was April to 18. Yeah. So then you had, what did you do? Tell me, <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> so at the end, I got really panicky because I knew I needed more. I yeah. knew I wasn't where I needed to be, but you were like, don't really recommend doing this a second time. And you had people that had done it two times, but you were like, I thought that I couldn't do it a second time. Now I would be like emailing you every day saying, <laughs> I got to do Let it. Me in. <laughs> so I did pretty well for a month. I actually got through my favorite holiday, Halloween, without any problem. And then there was about six weeks where I ate every food that you can imagine. Food I didn't like. I I had bags of candy I was hiding that I was eating upstairs for Christmas. Mm. It was awful. Well, I gained a little over 15, a little less than 20. (laughs) (laughs) And so December 26, I stopped eating sugar. Mm -hmm. That helped. I lost a little bit of weight. But over the next month or two, I realized that I really needed to get back into Waldo and I was considering writing you and saying, please let me do another round. I really need to get to the, to what's why I'm urge eating. And I just, I knew what to do. And I was doing it actually when you announced masters and I was like, so, I was so excited. I mean, (laughs) it was like Christmas and I went to tell my husband that I was going to do that just to kind of, you know, be to to let him know that I was going to spend that money. And he was like, now, what do you want to do and why? And I was like, come on, it's Katrina Ubell. Remember, she's the one that made me the good wife. And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, give that woman any amount of money she wants. You do that. <laughs> so, he's all in, too. 
I love it. So you did the first round of masters and then now you're on your second round VIP. Yeah. yeah you're just like all in doing it. I am. Yeah. I am. So your marriage is totally different. Yes. Let's do this. Cause you've lost the weight. You've got the, the food, you're all that. That's great. Yeah. Right. But let's talk about the other, like the, the strategic byproducts, right? Like what else right. has come of this? So marriage, totally better. Totally better. Relationship with your kids. That's another one you've worked with. Yes. Yeah. So much better. You know, I feel like I can actually weather the teen years without, you know, pulling my hair out or thinking that I've got to buffer somehow. I, yeah. We're good. And yeah. we are really that little, that little thing that you teach about the space between what your brain thinks and then your reaction has just been amazing. And I just, every time I feel myself getting mad, I'm like, space between. Yeah. And then it's just I have a, an opportunity right here. Yeah. I remember so many Mondays, all three of us, my two kids and I driving to school crying. Oh, geez. Yeah. All of us crying, but that hasn't right. happened in a long time. Right. <laughs> and then let's talk about your relationship with your work because that's another one. I mean, you know that we have a lot of OBGYNs in the program. Oh, yeah. Because there's a lot of OBGYNs who are pretty darn miserable and not happy. Yes. Their work. And I've heard this more than once. Like it's the golden handcuffs because they're making all this money and they have this lifestyle they don't want to give up. And they might be the only breadwinner, the main breadwinner. They can't give it up, but they hate it so much. And you're someone who came in. I mean, you had, you know, quite the little testy kind of opinion of your practice, and that's <laughs> completely changed, right? So talk to us a little bit more about that. I I didn't know why I was unhappy with my practice because I have a great practice. I have a totally awesome, wonderful, best partner ever. I just, lots of things had happened in our practice, like our senior guys had retired. Some other members had left. We were down to just two of us. And I just dreaded going to work. The whole EMR, the feeling overwhelmed every day, the OB, the patients that loved you or the patients that didn't love you. All of that stuff was just eating me up and I didn't know how to deal with it. Hence the reason that I'm master's two in VIP because I still <laughs> was turning to food because yeah. I'd gotten rid of all the other things. Yeah. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a shopper. I don't smoke. So I was still. Like what else is there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's over the last half of masters and into this, I've really gotten to the point where I love my work again. I love, especially the gynecology part, which is the part that I've always been the most fond of. But now I've come to terms with the OB part too. There are still days that are challenging and still days that I have to pull out a mantra or two, but I think that's for everybody. And I think that's completely normal with anything. I don't, I mean, there's nothing that you're going to just like love all of the time because you have a human brain, right? Like, right, right. (laughs) And as you've said before, you know, it's not my job's job to really give me joy. Yeah. It's my job to give me joy. And that and joy has always been available to you. It's just a question of whether you're willing to receive it and notice it. Yeah. And and that's that's the amazing work that you've given me and everybody else the tools to do to really look at our brains and 
you know, I've had a lot of negative self talk along the way and probably masters. I was still really negative about myself, but I think over the last couple of months, I'm actually starting to have more compassion and, and be amused and interested at what goes on in my brain. Like, yeah, like, really? Right. It's right. In there. I think that? <laughs> it's so silly. So Exactly. Exactly. And I've also learned that it's, it's okay to be overwhelmed. It's okay to, to be sad. It's okay to grieve and maybe an undesired outcome. I think that's yeah. how you put it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you wanted it to go. Yeah. Yeah. So it, and it's all okay. And that is really opening up for me, the ability to just, just kick this food thing to the curb. I mean, there are hours that I don't ever think about food. I just know that and I'm not hungry and I'm never hangry. Mm-hmm. It's just so I can't much remember the last time that I told my husband that I had Canyon arm, which is, you know, where I would chew my arm off to go get a meal. <laughs> just, <laughs> just disgusting, but, <laughs> but I don't, I just don't do that anymore. And it's just, it's just awesome. But to your point, like what you're saying, I think that's so powerful. This idea of like when you're accepting of all of the parts of the job, right? You stop thinking that you shouldn't ever be overwhelmed, that everyone else has it figured out, that you should be able to see all the patients and do all the things and never feel a negative emotion, you know, deal with an undesirable outcome and not have it really, you know, be appropriately sympathetic to the family or whatever is going on. But then just like off we go and not have it really bother you. Like, that's not a normal way <laughs> that a human being would deal with that job. So when you're open to all of it and you're like, oh, right, this is the part where I feel overwhelmed. That's okay. I can feel overwhelmed and I know how to get out of it. And anytime I'm ready to do that, but I know I'm creating it for myself. It's not the job. It's not the way I'm booked. It's none of that. Right. Like, this is sad. Of course it is. Like, you know, honestly, like in OB, you know, so much of the undesirable outcomes are, you know, some thing bad happening to mom, something bad happening to baby. But like, why are we so excited when there's like a healthy mom and baby after delivery? Well, because it's a risky thing. I mean, I don't know if you know, but like what the statistics are, but like, it was not that long ago that so many women died in childbirth and so many babies died. And like, this was a regular occurrence. It was a really big deal to have mom and baby get through it safely. It's like, it's like, how do we know what joy is? It's because we know what the opposite is, right? You know, when you've had that sadness, like you can really appreciate the joy when you know, like, it's not like every baby comes out ready to go. Like everything is perfect. Nope. When you understand that and you're willing to be with that, then you can even more so experience how great it is when the baby is born or like when things were a little touch and go. And then you know, you got that baby shoulder out and there they are. I mean, it's like so amazing, right? Like that's the high that you get to experience because you're willing to feel the lows. And I think what you were kind of speaking to, you didn't totally get into it, but like you were very even before and that's like how you protected yourself. You're like, I don't feel any emotion. (laughs) Right. Right. That way I don't have to feel the bad ones. I'm just not feeling anything. Oh yeah, I'm definitely, you know, I've been pretty closed off in my life and yeah, you're right. So I, I certainly wasn't super happy nor super sad. I was just pretty even keel. Yeah. Or 
outwardly. <laughs> yes, outwardly, right? Exactly. Once I got in that brain, I was like, oh. Right, right. And so we really take pride in that though. And that's why we don't really want to look in there like, wait, now I'm going to have to be like this emotional person. I don't want to be hurt. Right. Uh, I don't like to right. cry. <laughs> <I know. laughs> or laugh. Or, I mean, I like to laugh. Oh, yeah. no, but, but really being willing to experience the whole range of emotions. Like if you want the really good ones, then you need to be willing to feel the really bad ones as well. Yeah. And just know that all of them are created because of the way that you're thinking. A hundred percent. Yes. So amazing. Yes. So now yes. you are becoming a coach yourself. So you could help people in your BC medicine practice better. I am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. And how is that going? Are you finding that you're, you've been teaching some of your patients? Yeah. And I have been all along, but not well. <laughs> <laughs> when you've been working with the master and then you try it and you're like, ugh. Isn't it somebody like, I could totally do that. And you're like, wait a minute. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then the first real live coach thing that you do, and especially one that's outside of, of weight loss, because that, you know, I'm okay with that. But outside of that, it's, (laughs) it is such an opportunity for growth for me. Right. And (laughs) to be a beginner at something again, right. I totally had to go through that. I'm like, I'm used to being pretty good at what I do. (laughs) That's not happening right now. Only a beginner. Yeah. But I'm not that good right now. <laughs> yeah. Like I yeah. like I'm awkward. I sweat through it. <laughs> sweated through my practicum, but I I love learning about, you know, learners one of those things in my top five and strengths. Yeah. Strengths. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all in about learning and I love it. And you know, growth was my big goal for masters. And that's kind of been what I've been trying to do all along. So yeah, yeah, I'm growing. Do it girl. (laughs) I love it. I think that's so great. And I think that's, that is, it's such a nice, you know, kind of companion because like you said, the the psychology part is what they're missing. They just really aren't addressing that so much. So for you to be willing to go out there and get the tools and skills that you need to be able to put the complete package together for your patients, I think is So amazing. And I think that, you know, the more people who are willing to do that, the better. But here's what I want to suggest though, right? Because what a lot of people say is they're like, your podcast has been amazing. I'm going to go get the fellowship training in obesity medicine. I'll become a coach and then I'm going to do this and help everyone. And I would instead suggest that they do it similar to you where you actually do the work yourself first, because I guarantee you that you are a better coach for having done so much work on yourself than somebody who is like, yeah, I listened to these podcasts and that was really interesting. And I lost a few pounds on my own and now I'm going to help other people. And I can say this from personal experience because <laughs> I don't know why it didn't dawn on me, but like I got coached a little bit and I'm like, I want to become a coach, <laughs> right? Like that's what I thought I wanted to do. And I, of course, I'm so glad I did it. Now, what really made the big difference was that right as I was becoming a coach, I was also being coached so intensively and that's how it all really came together. But had I not done that, I don't think you and I would be sitting here together talking. It's being willing to do that work on yourself. It's like you can't take people places you haven't been before. You have to be willing to do that work yourself. And I think that's what I love about, like when you told me that you were doing coach training, I'm just like, of course, it's like a logical step for you now for where you are because you have done so much work on yourself. Someone who is like just getting going, it's it's almost like it's another buffer. It's like a distraction. It's like, I'm going to help. Just like in MS, I know what everybody else should be doing. I know I can't do it. I'm not doing it, but this is what they should be doing. It's like, it's it's not going to be very 
useful for you or them. So I think the way you're doing it is awesome. Very cool. Are there any other kind of bonuses? You worked on your mom's stuff too, like family stuff. Like there's all kinds of things, right? Oh, that you've worked you know, through. I, yeah, I, I have love it. Like I have a whole list of topics that still need to be looked into. Well, uh, listen, you know, it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing process for some. It some is. <laughs> it's going to be a lifelong learning process for me. But I think the only other thing that I'd like to say is I think, and maybe this is true for every profession out there, and I can only speak to women physicians, but I think that we, that sometimes we feel really isolated while it's getting better, that's still like when you go into a region like mine, there weren't a whole lot of women physicians for a long time. And, and you really start to think that you're the only one and that you're the only one that has problems. You're the only one that questions your judgment or your skill set or whatever it is. And being in your program and being introduced to some amazing women that do amazing things is just and realizing that like our problems are universal. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are little differences here and there, but we all have family drama. We all have work situations. I shouldn't say drama situations, <laughs> you know, anything. We all are just human. And I think meeting these these people and really getting some close connections has been amazing too. So, Well, I think just surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the same work that you are is so powerful, right? Doing it on like by yourself, it's like you're like on this little island, you know, you're, you're like, here I am doing it. I'm getting lots of great results and it's amazing. But, you know, building out that community that we have now in masters and, and being willing to just open yourself up to that. Cause I know for it's not easy for everybody to travel and a lot of people are just very introverted or have some social anxiety and that kind of thing, but nobody leaves there going like, well, that was a waste. No, you know, like everybody does that. Live events going <laughs> like, that was exactly what I needed. I can't wait to do this again in three months. So yes. yeah. Yeah. So great. So, so I think that, that, yeah, that's, I'm so, I mean, just exactly the way you put it is what I would say is like, you're not alone. Like we're here waiting for you. All you have to do is sign up. (laughs) We're ready to welcome you in. It's available to you. So great. And I would encourage anybody, any woman physician that's struggling with anything, whether it's a burnout or crappy family situation, whatever it is, that this program would, is still going to work for you because the weight is now, like, I don't even care. I still weigh myself every day, but the weight is not the big issue. I know that it's just the, the thought work yeah. and that's, you know, can go across anything. So, yeah. so sign up, get your butt off of your butt and sign up <laughs> right now. Because it sells out like this. And I would have freaked out if I had decided when I decided to sign out, if I would have freaked if I hadn't been able to get in. Like I was, you know, once I made that decision, I was like, like, I've got to do this. So Y'all well, you know what? It is like legit. It is. I just got an update today. I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing is like, we're a little ways out yet on starting the January group and it's like filling. So because it's amazing. Get your butt off your butt. Amazing. The, the amazing words of Dre. 
(laughs) And you know, I have people out there that I'm trying to get in. You know who you are if you're listening (laughs) and you better be. So they'll be trying to get them to sign up up and do it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 And you're right. I mean, it's like, if, if you don't ever use food to make yourself feel better, it's probably not the right group for you, but it doesn't mean that you have to have tons and tons of weight to lose in order to get some help, right? Like, I mean, there's, I, I've said this before, there's many times where we do call it coaching cough after coaching cough after coaching call. I'm like, God, we haven't talked about food in a long time. Like <laughs> we're just coaching about all this other stuff, which is so great. Right. But it just goes to show like people are like, yeah, whatever I can handle that. Like I know what I'm doing with that. That's all settled. I've got my plan. It's all good. But now we need to really talk about the thing that makes me want to overeat. Like, let's talk about that and, and work through all of that stuff, which is so yes. great. So good. So thank I'm say, you. I'm, yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I was just going to say your full name and I'm like all in my head about it. Andrea Moore. Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> One of these names that's like, which way do you say it? I'm going to say it wrong. I'm thinking of 90210 because that was Andrea, remember, is a big deal. I'm dating yes. myself, but I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh. So. Anyway. All right. Thank you so much, Dre, for coming on, sharing your story. I Thank appreciate you. it so much. I appreciate you. I know all of my listeners appreciate you so much too. Oh, thanks. Glad to do it. Did you know that you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to MD.com and click on free resources.